Hi guys, welcome back to the show. Today I have such an exciting episode. I got the chance to interview Eliriana Zanelli. I hope that I pronounced her name correctly. That is the one thing that I unfortunately did not get to ask her, but we just had the most wonderful conversation. I actually just finished recording this episode and I'm still on a high from it. She's actually the founder of livehealthily.com, which is an online storefront of all the cleanest supplements, skincare, hair care, makeup, herbal, and anything and everything you could think of brands. She basically created this storefront for people who don't have the time to search through every ingredient and would like to change to cleaner products in their day-to-day life. She's made it so easy. Our conversation was so wonderful. We talked about her fitness journey, her transition from the bodybuilding space into the health space. We talked about chronic disease, intuitive eating, how to advocate for yourself at the doctor's office, where to start if you just feel if you feel like things maybe aren't right but you just don't even know where to begin. I just love this episode so much. I relate to her on such a personal level. She was funny and very very honest, honest about her experience, honest about the fitness industry, and I think that a lot of women are going to relate to this podcast episode. So I hope that you guys enjoy. I will have her website, her Instagram, and any other info linked in the show notes. And with that being said, let's just get right into it. I'm such a fan and I'm also just like so excited to just get to know you. But first off, I want to say um, your wedding looked amazing. It oh looked- God, thank you so much. Oh it literally was like one of those things where you don't know how everything's going to turn out. Like you have all your different Pinterest boards and then you show up and you're like, holy shit, this looks great. Does it feel any different? Like now that you guys are actually married, does it? Um, you know, it's, it's weird because I didn't expect that we've already lived together for like two years. We bought a house together, like before we even got married. So I was like, I don't think it'll feel different, but like, it really did like something definitely shifted where you just feel more like like a family. You know, like it's, yeah. yeah, it's like that family now where you don't really have that when you're engaged. When you're engaged, you're kind of still like in this like dating kind of phase. Mm-hmm. But then now when you're like a wife and a husband, mm-hmm. yeah, there's like, it just kind of reaches this different level of like trust and like intimacy and connection that you don't really feel when you're boyfriend, girlfriend. Like it's definitely different. It's, it's like a weird unspoken thing that I remember Matt and I were just kind of sitting together like, this is weird. <laughs> All right. So we're going to jump right into this because I have so many great questions for you. And I'm just really, I'm You're so excited to talk about my wedding for like an hour. <laughs> I'm like, I'm cutting her off. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <Done>. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, we can do another episode on that though. I would, I would yeah, love right. that. I'm, I'm all about it. <laughs> I would love for you to introduce yourself a little bit to us and give us a little bit of a background story of how you got into the fitness industry, how you got out of it and where you stand today and what you do. Yeah, totally. So 29 years old. I've been kind of doing this since I was 20. So almost 10 years now. Um, and by this, I just mean like trying to be an active participant of like a healthy society. Um, and that the idea of what healthy is, has changed so drastically for me from when I was 20 to when to now 29, where I have completely different goals for myself. Um, but originally I was always an athlete. Like I was, you know, in sports since I was five years old. And um, it's one of those things where I was always active and I was always moving in different ways. And then when I was 20, um, and you're, you're in college and there's like a college gym, uh, I didn't really know much about it. I remember I was at a Starbucks on my lunch break, and I was approached by two really buff trainers. And they're like, Hey, there's a gym that just opened up. Would you guys, you know, me and my coworker, would you guys like to start? never set foot really in a gym outside of like high school gym class so I was like sure why not so we signed up for the gym and I immediately liked it because obviously I wasn't doing sports at this point so I needed to do something to keep my body active uh so yeah I joined the gym and I made really good friends there friends that I still have to this day and that's kind of how I started my passion for bodybuilding Uh, and I picked it up really really fast I did the whole 
counting my macros, did pretty much what everybody else was doing. I started taking protein powder, which I've never taken before. I started taking pre-workout, which I never took before. Um, And kind of just going with the moves of it. And eventually I wanted to quit my office job and become a personal trainer. So I went, I got my, I got my certification to do that, became a personal trainer. And I worked at, you know, one of the most prestigious gyms, which is Equinox at the time. And I worked in Rockefeller center. So I was working with really high, high profile clients. These are CEOs of companies, newscasters, even some celebrities we would see pop in. So I was really working with like the kind of the big shots out here. So I really was kind of on my personal trainer high horse and it wasn't very common back then to like really record your workouts. So I was really the only person kind of bringing up my full camera set up to the gym and recording my workouts and I still kind of have some of those they're cringy to watch now but yeah I would record my workouts and put some like really corny music over and I'd post it to Instagram and this is like almost 10 years ago or this is probably I was like 22 at or 21 or 22 at the time um and I had like 10,000 followers at the time and that's like a really big deal almost 10 years ago to have 10,000 followers for just workouts that wasn't really um that popular to do and so yeah I was kind of just preaching all the things that I go against today which is you know get your protein in and you can have everything in moderation and there's no good or bad food you can eat whatever and that lifestyle for me was eating McDonald's if I wanted McDonald's you know because I was like I'm already eating so well during the week I pack all my meals I'm, I'm weighing my food at this point, you know, I'm having exactly like eight ounces of the chicken or four ounces of this. Um, and yeah, I had, I was really in the best shape of my life, booking photo shoots and posting content and gaining a following based off of this, uh, diet advice that I'm giving people. And obviously I had the body to prove it. Eventually a couple years later, I was around 24, 25 years old. And this is already like a year in to me struggling with really bad hormonal acne all over my face, chronic migraines and chronic migraines is you get at least 15 a month. So um, they diagnosed me officially with chronic migraine, I guess, syndrome. Um, I was literally waking up almost every day with a migraine so bad, I'd have to call out of work. Um, I couldn't even like look at light. It was so bad. Uh, I also had really bad bloating to the point where it was just like hard as a rock. Uh, So yeah, I was like kind of going through the thick of it with my health, but I felt young and I, my body was at its peak physical fitness. So whenever I went to my doctor, they were like, no, you look great. You know, like you have abs and you, you look amazing. I get, you have a little bit of acne, but that's not something that, you know, Accutane can't take care of or birth control can't, can't take care of. And at this point, I, you know, I started um, really just kind of questioning what is actually wrong with me. Is it something really serious? But most of the people that I worked with felt the same. And it was kind of concerning because I'm like, are you guys not as uh, concerned as I am that we all feel like shit? Like what's going on? Mm-hmm. So I kind of started, you know, pressing my doctors to dig a little deeper. They spent me, they sent me to all different types of specialists. I went to a gut doctor and he pretty much told me there's nothing we could really do. Just try to eat more fiber. And I was like, all right. Um, I went to my dermatologist and they just wanted to put me on Accutane. And I was like, absolutely not. Uh, my gynecologist for my periods was like, oh, we'll just put you on a different birth control. And I was like, I don't even think I want to be on this anymore, you know, because it's clearly not doing what it has to do. And at this point, I've already been on seven different types of birth control um, over the course of my, like, since I was 20 at this point, I was already 25 and I've been on different types of seven different types of birth control from the NuvaRing to Loestro to like different types of estrogen. It was just, Uh nothing was working. Um, And then I went to a neurologist for my migraines and they wanted to put me on Percocets. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm 24 years old. I'm not going to be on Percocets for the rest of my life. So yeah, I was kind of at my end. I was kind of really, I was willing to kind of do anything at this point. And it's unfortunate that I had to get to that point, but obviously it led me here. So I started, I started kind of following people that I wouldn't normally, 
follow on Instagram. And I remember the first two people that I came across was Dr. Christian Gonzalez, who is now like cool vibe, like we're cool vibes, which is great. And then also Dr. Jolene Brayton. So that was the first book I ever picked up to kind of start figuring out what's wrong with me. Um, and that is kind of what pressured me or encouraged me actually to get off of birth control and kind of start applying that pressure to my doctors. Like, this is not what I want to do. I want to be off of these things. And my gyno obviously didn't agree with me. So I stopped seeing her. Um, and obviously all my blood work, when I went to my endo came back normal after I got off birth control, even though like all my symptoms still didn't subside at this point. And so, yeah, through this journey of me kind of figuring out what was wrong, I just kind of started sharing on Instagram. This is after I got a completely new Instagram. I was in a really toxic relationship, made me delete everything. So I don't even have that old account anymore, which I could do a whole Mm -hmm. video or thing just on that whole situation. But yeah, so I was in a really toxic relationship. So there's a lot of shedding in my life going on, kind of like midlife, mid-20s crisis, Mm -hmm. if you will. And so I deleted that old account and it was kind of like I started anew and I only had probably just family following me at this point. So I just started kind of sharing like, Hey, going to another doctor, trying to figure out what's wrong. And through this journey, I kind of started really honing in on ingredients. It was something that I never heard anyone speak, speak about. And there was only a couple accounts at the time, really Dr. G at this point, really talking about ingredients to the extent that, you know, anyone really was at this point. So I don't know why I just really honed in on that because it kind of shocked me that these things are legal and they're in my supplements and my food that it was supposed to be healthy for me. And I was like, you know what, fuck it at this point. If, if it's going to help me, it'll help me. If it doesn't, then it's a scam. And lo and behold, so like a couple years later, it freaking helped. My bloating went away. My acne cleared up. My migraines went away, which my migraines were caused by just being in a micronutrient deficiency, mm-hmm. which nobody addressed. I just was not getting enough, you know, minerals and micronutrients in my diet, especially when you're so focused on macros and calories. Um, so yeah, and that's kind of where I ended up today. And then through my journey of just fitness up of like looking at fitness supplements and my fitness journey is when I started my own website, Live Healthily, that I kind of just sourced the best and cleanest products on the market for so it's just easier for people to shop because I feel like I didn't have that when I was going through my journey and I wanted to be the one to create it so I found a problem and I created a solution and here we are today as long as we are today (laughs) (laughs) no there's I kept I'm like taking notes in my head because I'm like wow there's there's so much to unpack here and there's also so much that I I personally relate to, you know, I also started, yeah. started off in my twenties, same thing, going to the gym. I started watching the bodybuilders at the time on YouTube and they were tracking their macros and they were competing and they looked amazing. And you, you're young and, and naive and personable. And you're like, well, I want to look like that. You know, mm-hmm. I remember eating three of those Lenny and Larry cookies you remember those things? I recently looked at one of those and I literally, I think my body like tensed up because I was like, my, my body was like, don't you dare put that in your body. But um, I would eat like three of those a day because it fit into my macros. And then I wouldn't have any other carbs for the day. Later down in life, basically I ended up developing PTOS symptoms and I would, was going from doctor to doctor. And the same thing as you, where they were telling me, well, you look great you know, cause I didn't have, I still had abs. I still had muscle on my body. I wasn't necessarily overweight, but I didn't get a period. I stopped getting a period because I came off of birth control. My hair was falling out. My skin was breaking out. I was so puffy that my face and my body didn't make sense. If I wore like a turtleneck, you would think that I was very much at a different weight than I actually was at. So it was so interesting to hear your story because I'm like, Yes, I relate to that. Yes, I relate to that. And I interview a lot of women, a lot of women in the fitness industry, and they all have, or or women that were in the fitness industry that are now more in like the health and wellness space, 
they all have the same story. If it fits your macros, heavy bodybuilding, no days off, you ruin your gut health, you ruin your microbiome, you, your immune system can't keep up, you're, you can't handle any of that stress, you're not recovering. And then you're trying to get help from the professionals. And it's the same thing. It was like, we can give you this birth control. Oh, it's probably your thyroid. We can put you on a thyroid medication. Oh, your hair's falling out. Um, don't worry. We can do PRP for your hair. I was like, okay, but at what point do I get my period back? What if I, I was actually at one point told, I went to my third gynecologist and this was my rock bottom. Cause as I heard you hit your own rock bottom. Yeah. Um, and I think that you kind of almost have to have to get to that point where you're like, okay, let me try something completely out of norm and try something different. Um, but I hit my rock bottom when I went to my third gynecologist and she was like, yeah, you have PCOS. Like here's a third birth control pill. And it's so interesting because I actually agreed to take the pill. I was like, I want all these symptoms to go away. So I started taking the pill for a couple of months and I went back to her and I was like, I'm not still one, not getting a period. And she was like, Hmm, that's really weird. We later came to realize that my gut health was so bad that when I was taking the pill, it wasn't even getting absorbed. I was going to the bathroom every like seven days or something like that. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, the pill wasn't even working. What they were even trying to give me wasn't even working. Um, but when she told me like, you know what, we'll put you on the new ring. Cause I was also on that for a while. She was like, that doesn't even have to go, go through your, through your gut. It'll just go through basically your vagina. Yeah. And I was, I was like, okay. And she goes, when you're ready to have kids, you'll just come back and we'll do IVF. And it was like the way she said it, it was so casual and it was so yeah. terrifying to me. I was like, I am one now facing infertility Two, I don't even know if any of these symptoms are going to go away. Like, what are we, is this a joke? And I remember walking out, I was like driving home. I was calling my mom, bawling my eyes out. And I was like, I don't know what else to do. My parents are both doctors. They're both very much traditional medicine. They were doctors in Ukraine. And my dad did med school twice. He became a doctor here. My mom became a nurse. But even my dad was like, you know what? We've already tried every route that we can take. Why don't we try something else? Why don't we try naturopathic medicine? Let's do, let's find an acupuncturist. He was, he was, he was like, find someone who's very old, who's hopefully not from America. And just like, you know, try that. I found this man, his name is Dr. Choi. He was 85 years old. And when I came to his office, it was like this little beat up office here in Los Angeles and it was a two and a half hour appointment. He Whoa. looked at everything. He looked in my eyes. He, he looked inside my ears, my nose, my tongue. He spent so much time like looking into my tongue and trying to explain to me that like I have yeast overgrowth and that like my bacteria is off and that I'm eating bad. We talked about everything, food, sleep, history of hormones. Um, and he was like, give me six months and I'm going to, I'm going to help you. Give me six months. He was like, don't go on birth control. Don't, don't take any pills. He was like, I need you to sleep better. I need you to start walking more. I need you to, to cut out all the shit from your diet. Yeah, I remember much. coming home and just like scraping <laughs> everything from my cabinets. I was like, fuck this and fuck this. I'll do anything you say. Because he was the first person who was like, we're going to get to the root, the root cause, but it's going to take time and it's going to take effort yeah. on your part. And it's going to be like a trial and error, you know, we're going to, but we're going to figure it out. And that was the first person who looked at me, not looked at my chart, not looked at my, what I was telling, but like looked at me and was like, let me hear you. And let me try to figure it out. And I have so many problems with the medical industry, but it's interesting because, and I would love to know if you run, run into this and I know you kind of do, I have, I've heard you open up about it, but there are a lot of people who who get upset when you tell them that there is a different route they can take, that there's a holistic route that they can take. And I am always like mind, like mind boggled by that. I'm like, I don't understand. Like I'll post that PCOS can be reversed. Maybe not for everyone. Maybe it's not for everyone, but it can be reversed. And the only reason that I was able to reverse it is because I heard other women in the holistic space reverse it. But when I post about that, there are so many people that are just like die hard. There's no cure. You can't, you can't do anything about it. You have to live with this for the rest of your life. And I'm like, why? I, I would love to know if you run into this and how do you deal with it? Because sometimes I'm like, this is something I kind of always struggle with because, you know, the internet is not a nice place all the time and it's easy to project on the internet because there's no 
consequence, right? You can say whatever you want to people and you can express how you feel. There's an answer for everything, right? So, and there's a solution for everything. There's a quick fix for everything, right? You're struggling with gut health. Guess what? You can scroll on TikTok for two minutes and you'll get somebody telling you that you can cure your gut health with this. You're struggling with, you know, with aging. Guess what? You can hop in two minutes. Yeah, you spend a little bit, but you can get Botox and get rid of it. You know, it's, it's, there's always something, oh, you have acne. There's a pill for that. There's always something. So it's much easier. Um, And I think we've just been trained to feel this way. And we've been trained emotionally to have this kind of victim mindset where there's nothing I can do. Woe is me. You'll never be able to help me. Who do you think you are? All these professionals in my life are telling me like, this is how you're going to live. It's just genetics. This is the number one thing I get is like, there's nothing I can do. It's genetic. How is that helpful to anybody? You know, why not try to live the best way that we can live? So yeah, it is something that I consistently struggle with but I also have a sense of compassion too because yeah I never myself never thought there was another solution until I kind of had to sit really sit with myself and again I had to hit rock bottom and sometimes I have to sit back when I get a comment like that and be like maybe they haven't hit rock bottom yet and maybe that's what they need to make that change and I've actually seen people hit a form of rock bottom and still not change. I've seen people who literally have open heart surgery and go right back to eating how they ate right before heart surgery because Mm -hmm. their doctors didn't tell them why they needed open heart surgery or why they needed this life-saving procedure. There is really not a lot of support for people. And it's, it's, it's such a multifaceted thing. Honestly, it comes from emotional, how we're, you know, babying society to be okay to be a victim like we're just gonna spoon feed you with all these pills Mm -hmm. um and you can live like that oh i'm so sorry it's genetic you just have to live sad and yeah there's a lot of ways to go about it i just kind of really do have try to have compassion with people that maybe they just haven't had their aha moment yet Mm -hmm. and especially when you talk about things like supplements and in the fitness industry you have to also think like what age were we when we first started 20? I didn't realize until like five, six years later that it was ruining my health. So yeah, I got a lot of people who were like 19, 20 in my DMs. Like, what do you mean? Like, I look so great. Screw you. My fruity pebble protein powder is the best. It gives me gains. I won my, my third, uh, like bodybuilding. (laughs) I'm like, okay, gosh, like this person clearly hasn't reached a point yet. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they never do. I've seen people who have struggled, who have bodybuilt their whole life. And then now they're in their thirties and they want to start a family and they can't. Mm -hmm. And they don't think twice that it was maybe because of the external and physical stresses that they put on their body for 10 years. They don't Mm -hmm. think that, you know, because their doctors aren't telling them that. So yeah, it's, it's a really complicated discussion to have. And it's very triggering for a lot of people. Health is very triggering for a lot of people because it's so intertwined with the emotions. So yeah, it's something that is very hard to address, especially in a comment section on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Totally. I, I also, you know, I think I, I tend to sit back when I sit back and I have my moment of like, okay, let me just try to understand where this person's coming from. I completely agree with you. I'm like, one, they probably haven't had their rock bottom. And two, we live in a society that really idolizes quick fix solutions. So of course it's your, if you think of something like PCOS, you're thinking, well, it doesn't have a cure. Of course not. It doesn't have a pill that you can take or some sort of medication or treatment that you can do. It's going to just magically make it go away. It's, it's constant lifestyle changes, which are so much more difficult than just taking a pill. And I feel like it's a lot, a lot of chronic diseases are like that, but it's the chronic disease that is killing us. I mean, it's the, it's the chron- chronic symptoms, like chronic inflammation and gut health problems that breeds disease. That's going to bring up anything that you have that is genetic right up yeah. to the surface. I get it. It's hard. And especially when you already have your habits built from like years and years ago. Um, my question to you is, what do you find? Because, you know, I think when, when you step out of the fitness industry and you kind of look at it from an outside perspective, you're like, whoa, there are so many problematic claims, even just around like, if it fits your macros and bodybuilding and weightlifting, all of that, 
what do you personally think are the most problematic ones and what would you like to see change in the fitness industry? So I think if I were to pick one thing, I think it's this idea that all that we can't label foods because it's a problem that that we do. And I think that could, that would certainly be the case if it was maybe 10 years ago or even probably closer to like 20 to 30 years ago. But we live in a, we live in an age now where our food is not what it was 30 years ago. A lot of these artificial sweeteners were literally invented when I was born. This is like the 1990s. So we're not really, we're now, we are only now seeing what the effects are of consuming these artificial ingredients now as 30 year olds. Um, because I'm sure, you know, I, I didn't have probably have my first thing with artificial sweetener. If it was just created in the nineties, I probably didn't have it until I was already a preteen mm-hmm. at that point when it's like a, like a more common thing to be used in certain supple in certain pr- products and foods. Um, so yeah, the fitness industry loves to hone in on the, this, uh, everything's like about ED eating disorders, which a thousand percent eating disorders is, has always been an issue, right. In different ways. And I think there's all, that's also a very multifaceted situation. It's not just about body images that are portrayed on the internet. And I don't think everybody knows this actively, but I think now it's come to a point where people don't realize eating disorders are not always an emotional thing, but it's also, it's, it can be a physiological thing. These foods are literally being created to hijack our taste buds and make us crave it. I mean, if most people listening can just think of what a Dorito tastes like, you can instantly think of what that tastes like if you've ever had one. And it's created in that way. It's created so that every bite you have is exactly the same. Where if you make a meal at home, every bite in that meal is going to taste a little different depending on how much chicken you put on your, your plate or how much seasoning you put on one side, maybe to mix it well, you know, and one side's going to be saltier and one side's going to not be. So that's the difference between just simply cooking at home and eating highly processed highly palatable foods is they literally mess with your brain and they literally mess with your taste buds. So most people think of ED as just an emotional factor, but this is 2022 foods are literally made in laboratories and people study there are scientists that literally study our taste buds and how they affect our brain. And if people are interested simply like in this subject, um, the Dorito effect and the book Hooked by Michael Moss. So Hooked is by Michael Moss. Dorito effect, I can't remember, but they're in my Amazon storefront. Those are two books that literally hone in on just this factor of how scientists manipulate food to make us addicted to it. So it's more than just this emotional factor. So when people say you're going to, this is the main comment I get, honestly, is you're creating an eating disorder by telling people to label food. But actually, in reality, it's the complete opposite. I'm saving people from being excessively addicted to hyperpalatable foods. There's a reason why these people are so defensive over, you're going to tell me I can't have my M&Ms every night? Uh-huh. Like, how, do you not hear what you're saying right now? Do you uh-huh. not? Oh, you're going to tell me I can't have McDonald's every week? The, do you, that is a form of addiction. That is a form of an eating disorder. If you mm-hmm. feel that defensive and heartbroken over the fact that you cannot eat something that literally has zero nutritional value. And that's fine. Like people act like I've never eaten McDonald's. Like I've definitely eaten McDonald's in my life. You know, when I traveled from, from New York to Florida, in a 24 hour Mm -hmm. car ride yeah guess what the only thing I had to eat I think was Wendy's (laughs) let's believe I had Wendy's did I feel great after no but I understood like this is a situation where I'm gonna eat Wendy's I'm not gonna feel good I'm gonna get home and I can have a home-cooked meal right every situational which situational but now that I've been I've retrained my taste buds to not crave these things it's not something where I'm like hmm I'm really feeling Wendy's today Mm -hmm. like that's a come out of my mouth the way that it used to come out when I wasn't properly nourishing my body and I wasn't labeling foods. It was just a free for all where when you have this kind of no food is good or bad, 
you're intentionally harming yourself because you don't think that there's an issue with that. And you are indeed in a toxic relationship with food. It's like having your man who's constantly cheating on you, but he's like, you know, but all men are like kind of good and kind of bad. Just some men are less bad than others. How is that helpful? Like you need to leave girl, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think it's okay to start labeling things for what they are. And it, I think it's actually a form of self-care. Why am I going to keep putting things into my body that are going to cause gut problems and going to make my stomach hurt and make me constipated and make me break out? Why would I intentionally want to do that? I don't think that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And as someone who struggled with an eating disorder for so long, I struggled with my eating disorder the most when I was eating from a place of wanting to change my body, tracking my macros and all of that, because I was so addicted to those foods that all I thought about was how can I fit them in? What can I take out? What healthy thing can I take out so that I can have another cookie so that I can have more ice cream so that I can have those things. Whereas now it's like, I'm eating from a place of health. I'm eating from a place of, I want to live long. I want to be able to not just live. I want to be able to like enjoy my life. I want my hormones to be functioning properly. I want my skin to be glowy. I want my, I want to go to the bathroom every single day. And when you eat from that place, you, it's almost like, not that it's impossible to have an eating disorder, but it's so much harder because you're like, oh, I just want to nourish myself. So you want all the colorful foods. You want all the foods that make you feel good and all the other stuff. Like you don't, I don't crave it ever. I don't remember the last time that I had anything that was, that would be deemed as unhealthy. But even if I were to crave it, I would just like make it in a way that was better for me. Cause there are so many cool ways to, it's like you get more connected to, to food and to your body. And I think that it's really important to continue educating people on the way that food affects us. At some point you do have to use logic and you do have to eat for help. Okay. My next question for you is I would love to know your training and eating back in your bodybuilding phase and your training and eating routine now and kind of what you do in your day to day to support your health. For sure. So yeah, when I used to, I'd probably train like five days a week and I would do a shit ton of cardio, <laughs> mm-hmm. like a, a treadmill, nothing crazy, but like I would walk on the treadmill um, mm-hmm. and just really have like kind of like a natural split. So I would do upper body, lower body, biceps one day, back and buys usually one day. I would do chest and tries another day. I would do um, abs and then legs twice a week normally. And that was usually what I did on a daily, daily basis. And then my meals were mostly like chicken, rice, and then some sort of vegetable. And I would pack that probably three times a day in the morning, just an omelet of some sort. And then a couple protein shakes. Like I was having a lot of calories, but just nothing that was diverse mm-hmm. enough for my body. So most people would say like, yeah, that's pretty healthy. You're eating chicken, you're eating rice, you're eating mm-hmm. a vegetable, mm-hmm. you hit all your macros and then you have a protein shake. Good for you. Um, and then on the weekends, I would normally just have whatever you know, usually the same Mm -hmm. thing where I'd go out to eat and have a couple drinks and call it a day. Um, So yeah, that was kind of how it was where today I look at my fitness. I still go to the gym. I still have my protein shakes and Mm -hmm. pre-workout as much as I used to. I have more of like a natural energy now. Um, But for now, I normally work out same thing four to five times a week, but my workouts aren't like two hours anymore they're more like 45 minutes to an hour mm-hmm. and on days that I don't work out I try to just get in some kind of movement I'm not so honed in on like I have to work out my biceps I have to work out my this mm-hmm. I normally split it like an upper body and then a lower body day and then I incorporate core movements into those separate days um so I kind of just alternate like I'll do legs one day I do also do legs like twice a week mm-hmm. um and kind of do my back on one day because that's like a big body group and then I do the my the rest of my under my upper body which is like biceps and shoulders um and then yeah that's kind of like what my day looks like and then on rest days I kind of just foam roll lay out on my mat do some infrared just and I just really try to like go for a walk get movement in like if I I used to beat myself up for like missing a workout 
where today it's more, it's one of those things where if I miss a workout, as long as I'm moving and doing something else in my day, I don't beat myself up over it because I don't work out anymore for an aesthetic. I work out just to be healthy because having muscle and moving is how our bodies were intended to Mm -hmm. live. So yeah, my mindset around that has changed completely. And then when it comes to meals, I just make sure everything's balanced and I'm eating. I really try my best to eat seasonally. So I usually just do like a quick Google search at the beginning of each month and kind of be like, all right, what's in season? Like right now is pears. I've been out of freaking pear all year, but they're in season right now. So I try to incorporate seasonal foods. And the big reason I I try to do that one is to introduce my gut microbiome to different types of prebiotics and different foods that it's normally not getting throughout the year. And also there's a reason things are in season. It's because those are the foods that have certain nutrients that are going to support you during that season. That's why oranges are in season in the winter because they have vitamin C and they're immune boosting. So I really like to take advantage of seasonal foods. And that's kind of like my little like healthily hack that I personally like to do, especially when I'm kind of in a rut of like, what do I eat? What do I do? It's those, those seasonal foods and breakfast normally for me, since I just recently found out I'm extremely sensitive to gluten. So I don't do my avocado toast anymore because I've yet to find a good gluten-free bread. So hard to find. So I usually just pick like an omelet um, with just keep it simple eggs and then tomatoes, feta cheese, um, which I clearly don't have an issue with dairy like I used to. Um, And then lunch will usually just be like if I make soup, I'll have like a beef soup or I'll make tuna and put it on like a rice cake or something. yeah, I just keep it very simple. You normally, I don't really have a protein shake unless I feel like I need a little bit more, like my lunch wasn't big enough or whatever. And then dinner is normally a steak, vegetables and rice or quinoa or like a wild blend, wild rice blend. It's normally a meat though. So normally chicken Mm -hmm. or steak, sometimes even for lunch, I'll have salmon and then for dinner, I'll have steak. So yeah, incorporate a lot of animal meat. protein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of animal protein. I just do really well on it where I used to not eat. The only thing I would eat really was chicken. Mm-hmm. Where now I'm not as afraid to eat like grass-fed steak and things. So yeah, that's kind of, and I don't snack. That's actually one of the biggest flexes because mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to be a really big snacker. Uh, and I realized it was just like impeding my digestion. Um, I already have like, sluggish digestion to begin with and I realized when I snack it makes me just feel more bloated and it gives my body just doesn't work the same when I'm just constantly funneling food into my mouth so yeah I'm actually really not a big snacker my snack drawer is not exciting at all because of that so yeah those are kind of like my three main meals and then sometimes I'll throw in a shake if I feel like my body just needs more support I tend to have more of that or just around my period when I'm like Mm -hmm. I need more so yeah compared to how I used to be I'm just way more in tune with my body I'm way more focused on eating seasonally getting in my micronutrients Uh, I drink all my water with minerals since I filter my water there's just like little hacks that I do now that doesn't really take away like time out Mm -hmm. of my day Like, I feel like I was using just as much time to like cook for the week and pack everything in, you know, Ziploc containers where like now I just make my three meals and I call it a day. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just feel better that way. It just makes everything simple. I don't need to like worry about how much am I eating? I just eat till I feel satisfied, which is easy when you're eating balanced meals. I, I used to just eat to be full and hit my macros where now I'm eating to be satisfied. So people mistake those two for each other. They think if they're full, they're satisfied, which is not always the case. And I had to kind of learn that through actually eating well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah, that's kind of like the biggest, they're like minor differences, I feel like, but they make it's, I just feel completely different. Well, it's, it's all about intention. I want to touch on the snacking thing. Cause I'm also, you were saying that and I was like, I'm nodding my head. Like 
I am also not a big snacker. And I used to be, it used to be that from the moment I woke up to the time I went to bed, all I thought about was food. And I found that I would have like little meals and then I would have more snacks throughout the day. And I was just, my life revolved around food. Whereas now I almost never think about food. I have my three big meals. I don't snack in between because the same as you, I find that it makes me bloated. I also find that, I don't know if you follow the glucose goddess or if you've heard of her, Mm -hmm. but she talks a lot about blood sugar spikes. I love her. I love everything. She's, she's one of those people that she's so kind and so sweet and she's broken down a lot of PCOS um, kind of claims from, from other people and like kind of has broken down PCOS in a sense. And it makes a lot of sense, especially when it comes to insulin resistance. And when you eat bigger meals, when you eat balanced meals with protein and carbs and sugar and, uh, but fat, mostly fat too, like you don't have as much of a blood sugar spike. Most of the time snacks are just sweet. They're like granola bars. It spikes your blood sugar so much more. And whenever I tell people that I'm not a snacker, I'll do a lot of what I eat in a day videos on my channel. And everyone's always shocked. They're like, well, where are your snacks? And I'm like, I eat huge meals, you guys. Like I have one full avocado. I'll have a huge piece of salmon. I'll have a huge thing of brown rice and then something else on the side. Like I don't need the, I don't need the snack. Thing with snacks is that was a hard thing for me to kind of give up because I was, especially when I was eating, you know, people think eating intuitively is like, okay, if I want a brownie, I'm going to eat a brownie, Mm -hmm. but you can't eat intuitively when your body's not in tune. It's very hard when you're not aware of your body's cues and you're not aware of what you're actually eating. So when you snack for me, if I'm craving a snack in between my meal, what my body is actually telling me is that I didn't nourish myself properly, probably up until this point. I, I probably wasn't eating intentionally. I probably was sitting on my phone while I was eating and I wasn't really digesting properly. I probably didn't hydrate enough. I probably didn't sleep well. Like there's so many cues. So when people think, oh, well, I eat intuitively, how are you actually eating intuitively if you are just satisfying every craving without a second thought? So that was kind of a big wake up call for me because again, I was a huge snacker. Like I, my snack drawer, and even if you go back to like where my parents live, like they're still really big snack people, like my mom, especially. So it's just one of those things where you're like, how do I can never imagine myself never snacking again. And I buy snacks here and there because I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And I end up, they ends up just going bad because I, I keep forgetting, like, I really don't crave snacks the way that I do. So yeah, I think we need to start shifting the idea of like, what is intuitive eating and how can we honor our bodies? Like, I'm not going to sit, let's say I'm actually craving something and I ate like, not that great today, my like usual meals, but maybe I didn't realize like I'm about to get my period and I need to be eating more. And it's the end of the day and I'm like really craving something. I'm not going to like punish myself and be like, oh, you didn't eat good today. So you're not going to snack screw you no I'm gonna satisfy myself in a better way and then I'm gonna plan for the next day to like be ahead of it Mm -hmm. and that's how I kind of look at my diet intuitively so that's how it's always changing it's always something different so I can now assess the situation satisfy myself in a healthy way usually I'll have like a hue kitchen like dark chocolate and I'll sit there and I'll be good and sometimes it only takes a little bit and I'm fine and then the next day maybe I'm like all right I'm gonna put a little bit more carbs on my plate and a little bit more protein on my plate Mm -hmm. and avoid this like weird sugar craving that I normally get at the end of the day and maybe I'm gonna hydrate maybe have that extra glass of water that Mm -hmm. maybe I just needed and really focus on my sleep tonight so that I can avoid this constant sugar craving, because it's not an issue if you have it once in a while. But the problem is, is now after every meal, you're like, oh, I need something sweet after this meal. And then it becomes a habit. And now you're impeding your digestion, and then you're impeding your your blood sugar. And then what do those things that's like a perfect combination to really mess up your health and ends up with a really bad autoimmune problem years to come. And we're like, I wonder how this happened. It's little things like this that we ignore 
over time, you know, and it's not a bad thing to snack every now and then. Obviously, every I'll have a chip here and there, or I'll have chocolate, whatever it may be. It's these habits that go unaddressed for months and years. And then we look back and we're like, how did this happen? I had a binge eating disorder coach on and she broke intuitive eating down so well. And she was basically saying like, intuitive eating is not eating based on your cravings that that would be a different name for it it would be like crave eating you know but your cravings is a symptom or it's a sign it's it's a way for your body to communicate like you said to yourself that hey something's a little bit off maybe maybe you didn't get enough sleep maybe you didn't have a big enough meal maybe yeah and i i love that like let's break down intuitive eating it is not just going off on your cravings you have to use your knowledge you have to use common sense you also have to use your why, like what plate, what, why are you eating? What is the purpose of eating right now? Is it to just satisfy your craving? Fine. You can go ahead and have whatever, but if you're eating from a place of health and longevity and good function of your body, then you gotta, you gotta make the two and two work. And like you said, there is a big difference for eating for being full and eating for satisfaction. And I think a lot of people think, well, okay, if I'm just eating clean, then I'm just eating to eat to be full basically. And it's like, no, you can make healthy food taste so good. I, I think that a lot of people can look at what we're saying and be like, well, you're just going back in time back before if it fits your macros and into that clean restrictive eating. And I'm like, no, I will never tell you to eat plain chicken breast and some white rice cooked in water and no seasoning, (laughs) no salt, nothing. I'm like, use what is given to you. Like we have spices and, and I think that that's like one of the, one of the things that I run into a lot where people are like, so you're just telling me that I just need to, to cut everything out that, that I can now get to eat. I'm like, no, I'm telling you to cut out the foods that are literally causing inflammation in your body, but you don't, you can eat like a full avocado if you want to, like, I won't do that sometimes. If I'm like really, if I had a meal and I still feel hungry, I'm like, let me just have a full avocado. Most of the time it goes away. Yeah, just those healthy fats. And yeah, that's like a that's like a really because I get comments like that too, where people are like, they I think when you come from a fitness background, when you think eating clean, you think eating those bland meals where it's chicken, rice, broccoli every single meal. And I think it's been actually a blessing and also like a privilege to be eating in a healthier way in today's age, just because there's so many accounts out there that are making like amazingly delicious amazing real food recipes and I'm like oh my god if this was if I tried doing this like five years ago I would not I would be miserable you know Mm -hmm. but today there's so many more options like there's so many brands coming out with so many different cleaner better options that is actually very easy I think today I know everyone wants to make it seem like it's so much harder but I think we're very lucky for it to be 2022 and there's so many innovative um, cooks out there and brands coming out with really clean products. I mean, I come into contact every day with something. Sometimes is it really hard to find? Yeah, because there's smaller brands, but I think it's really cool that we have companies that do care and that are making better options. So yeah, when people think come to my page and like, oh, so I, you think I'm just going to eat salads for the rest of my life? And it's like, why are the only two options either eating a salad or literally eating fruity pebble protein and like sour ring bubble gum pre-workout? Mm-hmm. Like, why are those the only two options? It's a, it's a hit or miss place. And I think it really matters who you follow and who you surround yourself with. Because if you follow the right people, you're going to be like, wow, eating healthy is so fun and easy and great because that's how I feel now that I follow like all these like amazing people that make recipes and things. And if you follow these fitness people, they're going to really make you feel like eating healthy is bland and boring and disgusting and flavorless. And that's kind of what I used to think too, when I first started until now I'm like, wow, I'm making all these flavorful meals and dishes like who would have thought I'm a I'm like a chef out here you know but it's it like it's, adds to her resume <laughs> yeah I'm like just I'm a cook now that's kind of like my stance on it is you really have to form this community of people to make sure that you feel supported in your health journey like it's it's a really it has to be a very protective space I completely completely agree with you like I 
when I, when I finally decided to make the switch, I remember just going on Instagram. I mean, I unfollowed so many people and those that were my friends that maybe I was like, you know what? I don't necessarily agree with like your yeah. lifestyle. It could be triggering for me. Maybe I just don't even want to see that. I'm like, mute. There's a mute button. Use there it. Um, we have only a couple more minutes left and I want to just finish off on a, a couple more questions. Um, so one, do you have any recommendations for people who are struggling with chronic symptoms and they just, they don't know where to start. They don't know what to do. Maybe they've gone to doctors and they're like getting the same thing as we did, you know, here's this pill, here's this procedure, here's this, like what, what can they do? Where can they start? Oh, this is like, there's so many different places to start. And I just think it depends on what you're ready for, you know? So ideally in a perfect world, I think if you're in a place where you're like, I am ready to invest, like I am ready to put money somewhere and I want it to be worth it. Then hiring a coach is probably the best thing that you could do for your health, because that was a game changer for my health. I mean, it took me a couple of years before I got, you know, the resources and really found somebody that I really liked but it was someone that was able to run labs for me, interpret labs for me, give me a meal plan um, if I needed it, give me a solid workout, like really just coached me on what to do and how to feel. And they give you like that sense of community so that you have someone that you can go to and they can advocate for you when you go to the doctor's office. So even if your doctor maybe doesn't align with your views, they can also give you the right tools, what to say, what to ask for. So when you do go to the doctor, you don't feel like a you know, a deer in headlights and you don't know what you're doing. So in a perfect world, I would, I'm always going to say like some of the best coaches have coaches. And as a coach myself, I've had multiple, I think I'm on like my fifth or sixth coach now in, in different types of things. Like I've had mental coaches, I've had spiritual coaches, I've had gut health coaches. Now I'm finally at a place where I have a hormone coach. So you know, it's all these different things, all these different people that are going to make up your community. And I think if you're in a place where you're like, I still need my doctor. I need my insurance, but I need that extra support. Hiring a coach is the best thing. If you're not in a place right now where you don't want to invest, then I think that the second best thing is really just focusing on getting back to the basics. Eating healthy should not be hard, but what makes it hard is all the different noise that we hear from this marketing ad and this influencer and that influencer. And I think the the issue with that is that we fail to listen to ourselves and what feels good. And then the third thing is, is really just focusing on the perimeter of that supermarket. If it's, if it like lives, grows, walks the earth, it's safe to eat. And it should be that simple. Everything else is going to be extra nonsense. And if you want to take the extra mile and start learning about ingredients and get more confident about, you know, shopping the inner part of the supermarket then yeah you can reach that point but I think going through your your closet your pantry and just taking out all the shit that comes in a box for the most part or probably has an expiration date of like 30 years and just throw it out you know just really start there so I usually like to say if it's ever lived walked or grew the earth it's good for me. And that's kind of how I go about it. I don't make it any more complicated than that. Absolutely. And you know, there are also like a lot of really free resources. I mean, this podcast alone, I've had so many, I had a hormone specialist, I had a naturopathic doctor, I now have you as a coach. It's all free. (laughs) It's all free. It's all free. It's just people want, you know, I think it's the time investment. So it's like, if you don't have a money investment, can you, can you find a little bit of time in your day? Maybe you're Maybe you stop watching that TV show and you go listen to a podcast and take a walk outside and learn a little bit about how to better eat, how to support your hormones. I mean, it's going to take something. It's either going to take money or it is going to take time. And it's up to you to decide what, what you can give at this point in your life. But if you're like, I've hit rock bottom and I need to do something, those are two really great avenues. Are you currently taking on clients? Can people come and work with you? So I don't anymore. And I just feel like the reason I don't take on clients anymore is because I felt capped, you know, there's only so many people I can take in a day. And that's why I started live healthily because I feel like I can reach so many people throughout the United States Mm -hmm. and really help them on their journey and make those safe swaps in their home, whether it's with their supplements or their candles or their shampoo and just their overall toxic burden. So yeah, it was one of those things where I started coaching for like a year 
And, you know, there's only so many people that I could coach in a day. So live healthily is my form of kind of helping others in that way. And there is no limit to how many people I can help when it comes to my website and what I do. And I also feel really good being able to help small businesses reach a bigger audience. That's been like a really amazing thing for me too. So yeah, and there's just so much I want to do with that and how big I want the brand to grow and not just be a website, but really be a community of people where we can all help each other. So yeah, there's a lot of plans for that. But yeah, unfortunately, I don't. I always get questions about coaching. I do have two master classes though, um, which I plan on expanding on those hopefully early next year to bring on another master class option. But yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with the coaching thing. It was just I felt so capped and I and I I have a passion for this stuff and I just want to reach as many people as possible. Totally. And I just have to say your website, which will also be linked in the show notes, and I will talk about it before the episode. But um I actually found Zuma Nutrition that is quite literally I have so many of their supplements in my, in my cabinet right now, because I was on your website. I was so intrigued and I was I like, this is, it is they're amazing. They're so amazing. And you know, your site like is a perfect example of they don't have to think like if someone's like, you know what, I really don't even know. I don't know what to do about these ingredients. I don't know if I should change my shampoo or my makeup or my, the supplements that I'm taking or the snacks that I'm eating. Like you have such a great resource for people. You can just go and everything on that site has been approved by you, by people who work for you, by like knowing that what you're putting in your body is not, it doesn't have chemicals. It doesn't have toxins. It's, it's only going to support you. And it's like, that's literally there for you. It is there for you to use. It was just one of those things where I was like, where can I get like clean stuff? Cause you know, there's, you know, there's a couple places that I shop where it's like, you know, Sephora, the clean department, but like even their clean brands are not really that clean. And I was like, who's even like looking over, like who's deciding what's clean? And I realized mm-hmm. that Sephora, the brand, not Sephora, the brand determines will tell <laughs> their Sephora we're clean. So they don't really, you know, they don't really do much. And then, uh, yeah. And then even, you know, you go to the vitamin shop, you expect them to have like cleaner supplements. They really don't. So it was one of those things where we're a small business. It's myself, Matt, and then my brother who packs all of our orders. So yeah, my, my job since the beginning has literally been to find brands and bring them on the website. And then Matt handles literally everything behind the scenes from, you know, what, what, how much we bring on and making these relationships with the, with the brands along with myself. So there's so much that goes on, but like, we're literally so small. Like I right after this, I have to go to the warehouse and start packing orders myself because we had a bunch yesterday. So yeah, we are so small and and that's something that is going to stay the same. Obviously we're going to eventually hire more people and and Mm. get bigger, but I really take this seriously because I've been so damaged and hurt by fake marketing and since since the beginning we've been open for a year and a half now and we have not ran literally a single ad yet because it's just one of those things where I just want people to have a place to not feel like they're being sold something all the time you Mm -hmm. know it's hey if, if my doctor told me I need a magnesium supplement where do I find something like that you know that you can come to my website and find something safe for you. Or, hey, it's my doctor told me I need a protein powder. Where can I go for that? You know, I'm going to have these options here. And then as we grow, like we really plan to be one of the biggest um, websites with the, with the cleanest ingredients on the market. So, and that's, that's never going to change. You can't buy a spot on Live Healthily and that's going to stay the same for as long as possible. That's amazing. And I want to say, you know, congratulations. It's so inspiring. And I really do think that you're helping so many people because it does take a lot of time, like, you know, moms and people who are in school, like they don't have the time to be like, let me go look at every ingredient and make sure that it's, that it's not going to harm my body or harm my child or my other family members. And like, they can just go to your site and they trust that, let like, it's clean. It's good. And like you said, you're also helping a lot of small brands, brands like Zuma Nutrition that I'm like, I want the entire world to know about them because they're so amazing. Yeah. And 
Yeah. I mean, congratulations. That is huge. I'm going to cut us off here because I realized that there's, we could go on and on <laughs> speaking about these. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, maybe we can do a part two sometime. I know that you're busy and I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time to really like break a lot of this down. Um, I find you so inspiring. I personally learned so much from you and I think that you're helping so many people. So please just continue doing what you do. And I'm so excited for my audience to find you. Thank you. I can't wait for this to come out because I know everyone's going to appreciate just hearing your story and, you know, two people just that resonate with the same situation. And unfortunately it sucks, but I know there's healing and community. So I'm really glad that we had this opportunity to, you know, really talk about it together and hopefully other people can, you know, make little small changes. That's all that it's about, honestly. So I'm really happy I did this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think there's going to be a lot of women, which unfortunately, but also fortunately that are going to relate to us and find this episode really helpful. So thank you again. I hope that your order order packing goes really fast and really well. And we'll talk again soon.